Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's episode of the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by the folks at King's College Hospital RFC for a chat on their past, their present and the future of the club, including their King's Loves King's initiative. But before we get to my chat with the King's College Hospital, our great supporters at Rugby Store have 10% off their entire store during the Six Nations, including replica shirts, training gear and new boots ready for the return to rugby. But if you use the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout, you'll get an additional 10% off your order. So visit rugbystore.co.uk and use the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout. And we thank Rugby Store for supporting our show. Now, let's get to my chat with King's College Hospital RFC. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's uh, Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Uh, my name's Sean Phelan and this is uh, the second time we've actually uh, <laughs> recorded this one with uh, the great folks at King's College Hospital RFC in London. Uh, how are you gentlemen? Nice to see you again. Yeah, nice again. to see you. <laughs> yeah, second time, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had some te- technical issues last time. Computer, my computer failed, lost everything, but we're back. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna do better, it again. Bigger and better, bigger and better, bigger, better, longer, more in depth. We've got some <laughs> rugby, actual rugby stuff we can talk about as well. <laughs> so um, uh, first things first, we'll uh, we'll go around the round table. Uh, introduce yourselves. Uh, we'll start with you. Uh, tell us what your roles within the club uh, and, and and so on. Okay, uh, thank you, Sean. So first of all, thank you for the second time for being on. And these technical things happen, so no worries. Um, so I'm Hugh Draper. I am. I have a bit of a double hat, two hats on at the club. So I look after recruitment and retention of kind of our current members, but also look to how we can bring new people involved in the game we all love and enjoy, and across the board. And then I also look after kind of the sponsorship and area sponsorship partnership area in terms of looking bring new sponsors new revenue in, in that aspect and has supporting um our club to kind of bring different revenue streams in but also supporting our local businesses trying to find that mutual beneficial relationship so yeah a bit of a dual hat there on multiple different things so. lovely thanks thanks for coming on uh dave uh groundhog uh thanks for yeah. coming back pal Thanks. So I'm Groundhog because everything keeps happening at least twice in my life, such as podcasts. Um, my, my, my principal role in the club is to be the butt of the jokes, the just jokes for all the younger people who can... Uh, so it, the club's 150 or 151 years old now, so the younger members say, what was it like being at the founding meeting? Or how did you feel about the invention of the motor car and other such witticisms? So um, it's mainly that. But I also um, I hook for the for the kippers and occasionally for the uh, for the twos, and then I look after the uh, Kings Lost Kings campaign, which we'll come to a bit later. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for that, Simon. Good to see you again, Sean. Uh, my name's Simon. I'm the co-chairman of the KCH Pirates, which is the junior wing of the club. 
And like my good friend Groundhog, I run out for the Mighty Kippers, which is a veterans team, and also occasionally have a trundle around the pitch for the twos. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and finally, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I'm Dave Wallace. I'm the um, I'm the chairman. Uh, have been for the last three or four years. Um, previously, was the treasurer, as is always the case in committees like this. We tend to do it every any one point in time. Uh, and I, I try and still play. Obviously, it's been a while since I've played any kind of rugby. Uh, been a while since anyone's played any kind of rugby, but I still try and turn out if I can for, for the second more, more like more likely than not these days. So um, yeah, that's me. Lovely. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And I'll come back to you, Dave. Uh, give us a bit of background on Kings. Um, I know you were part of the the formation of the RFU, which has just been celebrated 150 years ago. Uh, Ground dog was there clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why I'm doing it. He can tell us all about it. Um, I, he took the minutes. I've just read the uh, the history on Wikipedia again, so that's why I'm based in my reference. But um, yeah, like, like, like Ground Tuck says, we we're about 151 years old. We were. Um, formed back in 1869 when um, members of various faculties of, of King's College um, met and formed a, a rugby club. Uh, like you say, uh, the RFU has just celebrated its 150th anniversary um, and members of, of our club were, uh, were amongst the representatives of, of the 21 clubs who together um, formed the, the RFU at a meeting at the Palmar restaurant on the 26th of January, 1871. Um, well, right. Yes. Do you remember well, what you had to eat, Groundhog? What did you have for lunch? Yeah. <laughs> What's your drink of choice? Any... <laughs> mead. I, think it was, I think it was mead in those days. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, over the years, we've had, we've had mixed success. Um, I think our heyday was probably in the twenties and thirties, and we'll go back to Groundhog again. But um, <laughs> at, at the time, we had we had a, a number of internationals. We in fact had the the Lions captain for the twenty four and twenty seven uh, Lions tours. Um, in in the nineteen nineties or so, the uh, the medical departments of Guy's Kings and Saint Thomas's hospitals merged. Um, as did their rugby clubs, but our rugby club chose to remain as a separate entity. So since since then, we've been a, a truly open club, um, uh, and we call upon um, members from largely around uh, where we're based in Dulwich in South East London. So um, we run uh, two clubs. Uh, sorry, two two adults teams. Uh, we tried to raise a, a ladies team a few years back, but unfortunately, that wasn't necessarily amazingly successful. But we still uh, welcome women down to, to, to train and play with us, uh, if, if it's all possible. Um, we're based in, uh, like I say, Turney Road in South East London, near near uh, near Hearn Hill. Um, and as of, I think, seven years ago, we'll come on to it in a bit, but Simon will tell us all about it. We formed a, a, a junior, a minis and junior section as well. Brilliant. Uh, comprehensive history. Thank you. Done your, done your research. Well, yeah. I mean, Wikipedia page is missing reference to the fact that obviously one of the recent highlights is is, is recording the the Fill Your Boots rugby uh, rugby podcast uh, three weeks ago. But yeah, three weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> technical issues. <laughs> so, uh, Simon, tell us about the Pirates uh, and actually the you know, the season for the club before we went into lockdown. 
you know, a year ago now. Sure, Sean. Um, you know, as as uh, as Dave said, you know, the Pirates is is the junior wing of the club. Um, has been in existence now for about seven years, and we welcome um, you know, all children of all abilities, all backgrounds between the ages of five and thirteen, to join us. You know, every Sunday for for rugby. Um, club junior junior wing's been going from strength to strength. Um, and um, we have uh, relocated. Um, to uh, another area. We don't play with the senior scene at Tony Why Road. We, we play in Honor Park. Um, we looked at it, and, and basically it's all about catchment areas and, and exposure to, you know, potential playing groups. And when we were based at Tony Road, we found ourselves very much in the same catchment area as, a, as another and considerably larger um, junior club who shall remain nameless. Um, and in moving to Honor Oak Park, it just opened us up to a, to a different... Um, a different pool of, of available players. Um, you know, lots of schools in the immediate area that we interface with um, and try and encourage. And also moving to Honor Oak Park, there's a number of other junior sports teams there. Um, you know, so we kind of feed off of each other, share experiences, best practices and so on and so forth. So it's, it's worked out very, very well. I mean, there is a physical separation between the two clubs. We're about a mile and a half away from Turney Road, but but it is purely a physical separation. We do obviously treasure our our links with the you know with the with the senior club and you know we we continue those uh, relationships by you know simply inviting current first team players down to come play with the children um train with the children sorry play with the children sounds a little bit dodgy um train with the children um you know because of course it it, it gives them something to aim at and stuff especially you know oh we got a special guest today it's the current first team captain it's like wow you know and they're here to watch you train um, you know, we also get involved with uh, sponsors days and, you know, before certain key first team fixtures, you know, we'll, we'll run training sessions or um, exhibition games beforehand and then encourage, obviously, the, you know, the kids and the parents to, to stay on and watch the first 15 play. So whilst there is that physical separation, you know, we do remain very, very integrated with the club. Obviously, lockdown's been very difficult and i'm sure dave and and groundhog will go on you know in relation to to what's happened in relation to the senior section but you know at the end of the day you know we want kids to be running around with a rugby ball in their hand and having fun and laughing and 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 so on and so forth um you know obviously the roadmap and i'm sure we'll discuss that a little bit later the roadmap back to rugby you know commencing on the 20 29th of march obviously gives everybody a lot more hope but during lockdown it's all about keeping interest um levels um, and obviously the Six Nations has come at a really good time, um, you know, because we've been playing games with the with the kids having little sweepstakes, you know, guess the score, nearest score wins a prize. A couple of weeks back, we were we had a crazy physical madness section where um, basically you had a player picked for you and every time your player made a tackle, you had to do four sit-ups and uh, various other physical challenges. And I think... Um, you know, encouraging the kids just to post them back onto WhatsApp and stuff. And um, just a big shout out, obviously, you know, uh, to all the coaches uh, and obviously all the parents, because obviously, you know, the parents are an integral part of the club as well. So it has been it has been difficult. And I think the kids miss it. We certainly miss the kids. Um, and, um, you know, we're looking forward very much to getting back into training and getting off to tournaments. You know, we, we try and go to at least three or four tournaments a season. You know, did really, really well. Um, particular standout moment was when we were down at Aberystwyth uh, at the junior tournament down there and our kids came up against uh, Tulupi Falatau's, 
nephew so as you can imagine a 10 year old that's like about six foot seven and can run the 100 meters in about four seconds but um you know the kids weren't the kids weren't daunted um and you know if anything um it spurred them onto new heights so you know um we've had some good times and uh you know we're just positioning ourselves now because my hope and i'll go into it a little bit later on my hope is obviously once we come out of lockdown um you know rugby is going to be seen as a as a way um, for people to get involved in, you know, in, in activity and in club activities as well. So we're kind of positioning ourselves because we're kind of hoping there's going to be a bit of a, for want of a better term, backlash because everybody's been locked at home for so long. So um, that's kind of where we are at the moment. Uh, and Hugh, um, how did you manage to keep people engaged, uh, whether it be the players or the volunteers that you've got or the sponsors, um, across the three lockdowns? You know, lockdown one a year ago, lockdown two, it, sort of the back end of the year and then the one that we're in at the moment good question and uh, this is probably there isn't uh, a simple answer to how we keep people engaged it's just first of all when we first came into lockdown one over a year ago is it's probably it was a shock to everyone and how as a club we can support our members support people that maybe just needs people to talk to or some help so having different doors open so via our whatsapp groups or people reaching out individually and just people being there um and it's the same for our sponsors to be fair when we first went into lockdown and all of them shut down we were just reaching out to them and seeing what are they doing a little bit differently that they support in their business so um if there may be like pre-booking for future dates when people could go and visit them in their pubs or wherever it is um but it's probably a, you need to always find a balance with these things. Um, a recent term that I've heard from work a lot is uh, communication bombardment. Uh, is just finding that a little bit of balance because during this whole year, people have had people all have different parts in their lives. People homeschooling, people are working a lot, all these kind of things. It's just trying to find that balance and just provide support where possible. There isn't a simple answer to any of it, but providing support to our members. Um, providing support to our sponsors and then during these in and out periods when we've been able to play again having those opportunities to say to guys we've got some touch rugby training going on at the moment when it if you're available when you come down a bit of a run around a bit of fresh air because we're also london club there's a good amount of people including myself who we live in flats so you may not get green area so much so just provide an opportunity for people going run around when possible during this last year so yeah it's a bit of a i think the key thing is just finding a bit of a balance between the whole process the whole year um, and just keeping people engaged where possible and just having a bit of fun really yeah, has, I mean, it, has it been more difficult this time around than it did 12 months ago to be honest i'm not i don't really know to be honest i think on a personal view, when we first went to lockdown one, it was probably a combination of being quite excited because you like working from home, you're not really traveling, all those kind of things. It's kind of a bit different, if that really makes sense, to now where it's like, I've been at home for a year, I've been working from home for a year, I see everyone virtually constantly um, and I just miss the pub or missed it going outside. So um, I think during this winter period, it has been a bit more difficult, especially as a London club here. So um, most of these people we did, and Groundhog will talk about this maybe in a bit with Kings, Kings is we did some carol singing at the hospital just before Christmas. 
and that's the last time I saw some of these people. And that was literally the day before London went into lockdown three or four, whatever it was. And it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to put into words. I think the winter period has been just tough for everyone because it is dark, it is gloomy. But now, in the sun behind me, it's probably everyone started to get a bit more excited. There is some kind of us coming out of this lockdown and it's come sunshine, people can go outside. So it's coming a bit more, um, come a bit more excited, come a bit more infused, really going forward. I mean, that's the difference, really, this this time round, is that obviously no one really had, it was with the uncertainty, no one quite knew exactly when we were going to come out, what we were going to be able to do. So at least now, and I dare say we'll come on to it shortly, but at least now, obviously, the RFU have published the, the, the plans as to when we can come out and we can start playing touch rugby from, say, March the 29th and, and ready for rugby and amended laws later in, in April, I think it is, at least now that there is a an end in sight and i think people are going to be mad keen to, to at least just start throwing a ball around and and obviously potentially have a have a drink outside and what have you and to catch up with people we haven't seen for some time like, like you said the problem is you can just bombard people with um you know emails and text messages and, and, and whatsapps and what have you so so in terms of the members and stuff the best that we can really do is just from, from time to time we're, we you know, we engage them as, as as much as we can but obviously there's the usual social media and whatsapp and, and strata I understand. I've not been on it myself. Clearly, you can probably tell, but things like Scarver account and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, the the realisation that you know, within what three week, three months, three weeks from now, we're going to have to start actually doing some running around and a bit more fitness again. I think all of a sudden people realise that. Yeah, <laughs> but lockdown three hasn't necessarily been particularly kind on our waistline. Has, has there been any sort of indication from players that they might not return to the game? In all honesty, we just won't know um, until until the push comes to shove, and we actually, you know, for instance, we, we're looking to get availability for for, for 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 games and what have you. I mean, we 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 did poll our um, members to see, you know, where people were because you know a, a number of people might have moved away from from London. They're you know potentially working from home, and, and working practice obviously all changed. So. It's, it remains to be seen exactly where and you know how many people we would get out on day one and what have you. Obviously, some people are, are very keen to get out as soon as they possibly can. Others are probably a little bit more cautious because they might be shielding or whatever. So, uh, we will have you know a, a good turnout. I'm sure I will, but it's, it's you know we'll only know for certain when we actually send out that email saying, "Can you make? Can you have we have your availability?" And, and no doubt, a few of us will be making some phone calls on a Friday afternoon. I know a really good website you can use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, break glass in emergency when Groundhog can't pull his boots on the yeah. <laughs> But it is, though, isn't it? It's that, e it's that email that's going to come through in a few weeks' time saying, training's on, yeah. come down. Uh, or we've got a game against so and so. You know, are you available? It's, it's that. It's, it feels so close now, but it's you know so close. Uh, and if, and if people that are listening to this or watching this, the roadmap was released last week. Uh, it's a, a six-step program that all, all leads through the government regulations, ending on June the twenty-first, with sort of all bets off. Yeah. I think I think part of the problem as as well is that you know we've been through this 
this process a few times, you know, and it's been it's been within touching distance, you know, and yeah. and and for the right reasons, um, you know, because obviously the you know the pandemic has has spread and it's become more problematic, you know, those 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 rights have kind of been taken away, rightly so, and stuff. So so I you know I agree with Dave and and Hugh, and I'm sure Groundhog will elaborate further. You know, it's it, you know, it's a delicate balance. You know, I'm sure I'm sure I'm pretty understand that you know most of us on this call probably coiled springs just waiting for the 29th you know so we can be released and stuff but there's probably a little bit of um a little bit of trepidation about going god are they going to pull the rug out from beneath our feet again or something um you know so so yeah so it's it's a delicate balance but exciting times nevertheless because we get to go outside as a club and, and you're all members of the committee and, and ha- well, has there been any point over the twelve last twelve months that you've been worried about the the survival of the club? No, 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 oh. never, never, never been worried about it. I mean, obviously, yeah, we, we we've been here for one hundred and fifty years, and um, and we'll be here for the next one hundred and fifty years, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's work to be done, and obviously, we need to make sure that we continue to engage with our players where at all possible. But, um. I mean, one of the things that we're we're wary of, and and you know, this is something that Hugh does does a lot of work with, is that we have a relatively high turnover of of, of players anyway, because we tend to have people who are relatively new to London come to London for work, and will be around for sort of five to ten years or so, and then then their path will will go elsewhere. So we we do rely on getting uh, quite a large turnover of players and, and new recruits coming into the club. So with with lockdown, one of the problems we've had is is you know, I'm sure people are moving away for whatever reason, COVID or otherwise. But we're having, we're struggling, you know, because we just don't have the opportunity to sort of recruit and get get new new members down to the club. So that's something that we're keen to to, to, to work hard on over the course of summer. And, and I'm pretty certain there'll be lots of people who aren't even members of the club just yet who are keen to at least throw a ball around, play a bit of touch rugby over the summer, mm-hmm. and, and maybe you know we'll look look mm-hmm. to play. Play, play play rugby from next September when the when the leagues get going again. Yeah, so and to follow on, Dave as well. I think this period of time, this last year, especially last probably last three to six months, you probably look at it a bit more positively to say actually it's given us a little bit of an opportunity to look at what we could, as a club can kind of do to evolve and develop and grow longer term and allow people to have the op opportunity from Simon talking about the youth section to adults for people to go and play rugby and get involved in the game and engage in the game we love within our communities Um, and looking at those areas that we want to do and partner with longer term in the three to five years it's allowed us to think about that rather than sometimes um, and I'm conscious of this especially from recruitment point of view a lot of time is we're very maybe a bit more reactive just trying to do things in the day-to-day weekly basis just doing what we can to try and maybe bring numbers in or work with sponsors. But actually this is allowed on a personal view of me and various other people as well. I've been working on how we, as a club, talk to various partners, the university or local schools or whatever it is to say, actually, when we come out of this COVID situation, if how we can support you or support other people to get involved in the game we love and, and get people kind of being a bit more active. Cause I think Simon said, it's like there's there, there is a little bit of a coiled spring approach where at some point people have been locked up for a year at home. They've, we've been able to do limited amount of exercise, but individually, and people are going to realise actually 
first of all, maybe I haven't played rugby for a year or a couple of years, or I finished uni a few years ago and I love playing it, but I haven't played for ages, getting back involved, or people going, actually, I want to get involved in a new sport, a new activity, and how we as a club can be that kind of focal point for people and get something a bit different. So, yeah, it's probably more, I take a bit more of a positive view on it um, and actually how we can grow and support other people in the community and really probably um, develop as a club and be that kind of focal point for people to be involved in sport, be get physical exercise and kind of really kind of have a different view and how in the community post-COVID and that links in with like all the stuff you see around Sport England, around United, the movement and London sport around the most active city as a London club we do know there's high turnover as Dave said and how we can probably um, we just manage that differently going forward definitely and you talk, talked about the, the community aspect there uh, Groundhog tell us about uh, the Kings Love Kings uh, initiative that you guys have been running yeah so um, this it goes back well pretty much the beginning of lockdown and I was in um, Sainsbury's up in Dog Kennel Hill doing my normal kind of random trolley dash round and um, they had a whole wall of Easter eggs and it just kind of struck me that they, they might look better in the hospital than they did in Sainsbury's. So I filled the trolley up and um, just pitched up in, in A&E really. And so obviously the first thing they did was was get security out. So get rid of this confectionery crank from my hospital. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, I mean they, you know, they they after they realised that it wasn't some kind of a a scam, they they were quite happy. So I went back a couple of weeks later, and I then this time I just scrawled, you know, love love to kings from kings on the on the packs and uh, put a picture on the club WhatsApp group, and you know, within two days, I think I had two thousand quid uh, raised by wow. the uh, players, and um, so it went on from there. And, and Piggers, our designer. Uh, produced this this nice rugby rugby ball shaped logo, Kings loves Kings, which, which as you know, Sean, because you you interviewed the, the Roslyn Park Slingbacks ladies no, team no. have now got the hashtag um, rugby for NHS uh, going. So yeah. the, the whole idea of supporting the hospitals, I think, is you know has really taken off. Um, so uh, yeah, so then basically we've we've just been going into the wellbeing hub, which is run by you know Tracy, Becky Johnson, and, and Luke, and um, Obviously, the, the irony of taking extremely unhealthy things into a hospital eventually dawns on us. And so we, we instead of Coke and Easter eggs, we've, um, we've discovered things like apples um, and fruit juice. Um, which go what down. is that? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody, somebody had to update me on this. They weren't around in my day. Um, so we've, um, and then the other thing, of course, is that we, you know, with the... The, the sort of side benefit here is that it's about deepening, as she was saying, our connection into the community and with the hospital, because as Dave pointed out, having become an open club, you know, we want to reconnect with the hospital. So I was particularly hoping to recruit the security guards who are proper unit um, <laughs> and, and be our new front row. But no, we've got quite a few people um, who've, who've indicated they're going to come down as soon as it's possible, uh, which is great. So so that'll that'll work. And then, as, as Hugh said, we did a, uh, a a kind of carol service, which was a bit odd. I think we've got you know a dozen blokes wearing rugby shirts standing in the car park shouting at the hospital, <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we, 
but we 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 had turned up. It's with just the usual of, Saturday uh, night, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 cases and cases of mulled wine, all non-alcoholic, of course, and. Uh, and we, I, I took 250 mince pies, but by the time we'd unpacked them and the props had finished, there was about 50 left, I think. Um, so we, we, we handed those out and we, we you know, absolutely blanket ban on singing Yellow Bird and Wild Rover. It was all, all above board, just proper carols. And um, yeah, so it's, been, it's basically been going on from there. And then we're, you know, we're, we're planning on getting some, some, some posters up around the, um, around the hospital and just kind of continuing to, you know, to support them. And, we're then going to have a whip round once um, once things do open up, and we're going to have a hospital day and, and invite as many uh, people down as we can to to just to come and hang out with us at Fortress Tourney, and um, you know take it from there really. So that's, that's it. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely superb. Um, so this is, I guess, a question for for Simon and for Dave. Um, but anyone can answer it. What, where do you see the two sides of the club uh, in the short, medium, and long-term future? Once, once we're all out of this this mess. Do you want me Simon, to start, Dave? Start with you. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, short term, we we just want to get back playing, um, and um, you know, in in a safe uh, and controlled manner, in line, obviously, with the roadmap and the guidelines. Um, you know, getting the kids out there running around, um, you know, not just training, hopefully engaging with, you know, other local clubs, you know, so we can get some, you know, competitive matches going on because obviously the kids kind of thrive on that. And and just looking to forge those relationships that, that we have because, um, you know, we're, we're part of what's called the, uh, the, the, small, the, the, the small club collective in South East London. Um, and what that basically means is there's us and three other junior teams. And when we go off to tournaments, uh, and the like, you know, if there's insufficient players in a particular age group, then we'll club together, put together a Barbarians team so all the kids can get and get a game. You know, so we're obviously hoping, you know, short to medium term, you know, so we can get back playing, get off to tournaments, get competitive games going. Just seeing the kids laughing and having fun is, is a real big short term thing for me. You know, longer term, obviously, we want to continue growing the club. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier on, you know, I think, you know, we, we have a, a real good opportunity here with everybody coming out of lockdown and people looking for activities to do because everybody's been so starved of activities. So, you know, me and the junior committee just positioning ourselves, you know, uh, correctly, you know, redesigning our websites, updating paperwork, etc. You know, now that the schools are going back, um, you know, on tomorrow, my son can't wait to go back to school. Um, you can't wait either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking to all parents out there you've done a great job but let's just get them back to school let's just get them back to school um you know so so there's another opportunity there as well you know engaging you know re-engaging obviously with the schools in the in, in the local community you know and, and and medium to long term as well you know we obviously want to expand possibly expand the age groups that that that, that we train because currently we we train up to you know age 13 but it'd be nice if we can you know, take on further age groups. Um, and, you know, one of the, obviously the long-term goal is, you know, a, a collection of, of junior players that make it through the ranks and, you know, end up running out for the first 15. 
Um, you know, that's that's always been, you know, one of our long term goals. And, and as I said, just going back to what I said earlier on, it's, you know, the in, ensuring that the current first team players come down and interface with the kids and play, you know, that just strengthens that that link and, 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 and that possibility. So that's where I'm, you know, hoping hoping we can go. And, you know, we want to go on tour. Kids need to go on tour. We want to go on tour somewhere. Um, don't think the Lions, um, but you know, perhaps we we'll go back down to see um, see our friends back down in Aberystwyth again or something. So, so that's kind of where I hope we are. I think the safe the safe money on the Lions is a, is a home tour anyway, Simon. So I don't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we, I can echo that. I suppose in, in terms of coming from the the, the senior ranks, is that um, we're just obviously short term keen to get back and playing, and, and we'll, we'll do so you know as soon as we're allowed to. To, to start playing, for instance, touch rugby. I, I can't see there being any sort of really organised rugby over the course of the summer. Um, there's oh, be, no, 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 yeah, no, definitely um, not. There's going to be obviously competing requirements and, and obviously the cricketers are dead keen to start playing again and the footballers and stuff. There's only so much green space you've got, unfortunately, in, in, in South East London. So, um, yeah, and hit the hit the ground running, I think, is our plan when, we, when, when we're allowed to, to start what we hope should be a, a proper full season from... August, September next year. So yeah, that's that's the best that we can hope for. And in the meantime, I mean, we obviously the, the 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 last season that we were playing. So you know, back in March 2020, before um, before we went into lockdown one, we we very our first team very narrowly missed out on, on getting promoted from from Kent one. Um, we uh, we had a, a, a thrilling nil nil draw with with some of our closest rivals, Cranbrook. Um, I think in the in the in the midst of Storm Dennis, uh, and then the, the, a couple of weeks later, unfortunately, we lost to our local rivals, uh, Southwark Lancers, and, and and that saw Southwark getting uh, promoted. So, fully congratulations to them. They were they were fully fully worthy of it. But um, obviously, we're we're now itching to to have a have a go again and see how the first team can can do. And, and the second team, we were we were sort of going from strength to strength. We we had a we were turning out a good a good team week in week out. Unfortunately, there were a few occasions where. Um, our opposition couldn't necessarily honour honor the games and what have you. So um, what we're keen to do is make sure that, that the second team is also in a sort of competitive, um, like competitive-ish rugby on a, on a weekly basis because we've got the, we've got a, the squad to, 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 to match that. So um, that's what we intend to do over the course of the next couple of seasons, make sure we've got a, two good teams. And then uh, and, uh, I think, I can't remember which one of you four said it, but we've got our Kippers team as well, our Vets team. So um, they play three to four times. Um, during the course of a season, play is an operative to, word. Yeah, I was going to say any excuse to, to have a, a, a swig of port at half time. So, um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, in terms of longer term, what, what can we what can we hope to, to do within the club? Like I say, we we, we tried to um, pull together a, a women's team, which unfortunately we just couldn't get the critical mass to. So we'd had a we, we'd have a number of women would come down and train with us, and and, and we were finding. Uh, Sort of people who could help out coaching and what have you, but the problem was we just couldn't get enough people to to raise a team. Um, so it, it unfortunately was didn't really go anywhere. But obviously, who knows what can happen in the future? And we know that there's obviously one of the biggest demands, um, one of the most growing assets of, of rugby, I guess, is is, is kids and, and 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 women's rugby. So um, if we can help out with that, then then great. Um, I mentioned the 26th of January as the auspicious date when, when it's the 150th anniversary of the RFU, but by a, a quirk of fate on that day, I think we had four of our members had all had young baby girls. So maybe in 
18 years now from now we'll have we'll have a, the, the, the core of a, of a, of a ladies ladies rugby team brilliant absolutely superb uh finally chaps uh, i don't want to take up too much more more of your time because we've done this twice uh, <laughs> uh it's the question that we ask everybody um Give us one hope and one fear for for the game or, or for the club uh, over the next twelve months. Uh, we'll start with you. Uh, we'll look. Okay, uh, I'll, uh, one hope. Uh, one hope is uh, we've covered already, but coming out of COVID, that as a club we and also rugby in general is back to kind of normality. Um, we've got people from kids to adults back engaged in the game we all love um, and that helps people kind of get active and moving around and building up friendships we as people uh, me especially i wouldn't be the person i am today without rugby growing up in devon so and that's my hope is just allow kids and to have that fun have those friends and do something that they we all love and enjoy um fear i don't think i have a fear really i think the key thing is just to get people out get people to be active and people to enjoy any kind of sport actually it's not just about rugby it's about any kind of sport be outside and enjoy our environment and, and what everyone loves doing so um i'm going to keep it quite more positive but uh, yeah i can't really think of a fear so i'll leave that to i'll leave it to accountant dave he loves a good fear so <laughs> he's risk assessed it yeah. <laughs> uh, groundhog one well, I think one I'll, obviously i hope the you know the king's last king campaign but for, but for rugby in general I've, I've got a radical proposal that um, we we find a job for the redundant number two and at scrum time, push the ball down the middle of the scrum and make them make them try and hook it, um, which I think could well, be that's a novel concept. It's a strange one. Into rugby league. It'll, it, it could upset a lot of number eights, you know, but I think we should go for that. Um, and my only fear, really, is that my knee surgeon sees me with my rugby boots on, so I've got to make sure he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Uh, Simon? Um, hopes, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, you know, we just want to get back and, 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 and playing rugby and getting out there and, you know, having, you know, having fun with, with, with all our junior players, um, cause we do have fun and we, we, you know, we have missed them and, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, obviously re-engaging with the kids, re-engaging obviously with, with, you know, my colleagues who, who help coaching, who, who are brilliant. And obviously most importantly, re-engaging obviously with all the parents, cause you know, without parents, you know, we don't have much of a club. You know, and we're going to pull together a little, you know, program of, of summer events and stuff just to, you know, keep the momentum going, you know, going down to the park and, you know, playing what we call the Pirates Pirates Into Park initiative, where we just go to a local park and just have a kick around and, you know, have a big picnic together and all those, you know, all those simple little things that I think everybody's kind of missed, which I think will go a long way to, to um, getting everybody back involved in the game and probably, you know, doing everybody a world of good in, in terms of their mental health and well-being. Fears. I fear for the England team at the moment because God knows what's happened at the moment, and I can't understand why Simmons and Dombrant haven't got a look in at the moment. And when are people going to? When when is when is the managerial staff going to realise that Farrell isn't a fly half? Um, you know, so so there's a few worries, a few worries out of the you know in, in relation to the England team um, and stuff. And you know, like Groundhog as well. You know, I'm I'm a hooker as well, so you know, we want to start seeing a little bit of parity and a little bit of fairness back up front again 
um, on that score, um, you know, and, and obviously so a little bit of consistency in, in some of the refereeing decisions wouldn't go amiss as well. Um, but, you know, that's speaking as an England fan who watched the England versus Wales game. But, you know, fair play to Wales. Um, they played the referee and you've got to play the referee on the day. Um, so, yeah, but in general, I, I can't wait. Um, you know, I, I want to get back out, back out there, back involved. And I'm sure, um, you know, every single club out there, not just ours, um, but every single club in London and all around the UK probably are thinking exactly the same. Let's just get back out there, get on with it, see what happens. It might not go to plan, but at least we'll have a laugh. And, you know, that that's, that's you know, 90% of the battle at the moment, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, thanks, Simon. Uh, finally, you, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose my my main fear is that coming out of COVID, we just don't necessarily know how many people have been lost to the game. Um, people who've decided to hang up their boots for good. Um, and like I say, only time will tell until until that, that happens. I suppose. Conversely, my 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 hope is that obviously people are have. I've readdressed what's important, and obviously, pe- people have missed all that social interaction that we would otherwise, you know, take for granted over, over the last twelve m- months plus. So I'm I, I'm hoping that people are, are keen to get back out there, get to get down to the rugby club. I, I for one, can't wait to get down and uh, chuck a ball around and, and and have a pint or two. Drop it as you normally do. <laughs> I chuck it around. I mean, I'm flowing it all over. You could go anywhere. <laughs> um, maybe one of my fears as well. Is that go back to the club, and you're gonna you're gonna start boring me with how much you just dis- you, you disagree with Eddie Jones's uh, coaching. So, uh, hey, can, can you imagine what some of those conversations are going to be like? Hey, eh? especially after we've had a couple of pints. Yeah. Everybody's an armchair manager, then, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I promised I wouldn't say triple crown, by the way, but I was lying, oh. is it? <laughs> <laughs> still got, still got two games to go, so it might not be a yeah. slam. Yet. Well, yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the government have looked at the. the they decided March the 29th is when the Six Nations is over, so we don't have to see hear all the Welshmen crowing about every time. <laughs> <laughs> or JY no, if it's a French win. God, could you imagine? Um, <laughs> thank you, uh, thanks guys for joining me. Uh, Hugh, just give us a, a lowdown of where they, people can find more about the club. Uh, so th- uh, they can find us on our website, so King's College Hospital RSC website. Um, they can also check us out on all of our social media channels uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, and or just uh, drop me a note, give me a search on also those media platforms and i'm happy to uh, talk to you as well so i um, mean that doesn't just mean members that means you sponsors or partners or anybody just wants to have a chat and a bit of advice actually if ever any other rugby clubs are out there sitting there right now and wants to have a chat on some ideas i'm always happy to have a conversation it's because it's how we as rugby clubs across the country and sean you're doing a fantastic job supporting all of these at the moment is how we can support each other with ideas and suggestions in any shape or form so yeah but and also a massive thank you to yourself sean for everything you've been doing during these podcasts with other clubs before covid when you were getting if people want to have a game so thank you for everything as well is it the same time three weeks is it same? yeah so time yeah. three weeks no i'm, I'm yeah. doing this now i'm, I'm... 
downloading everything. It's being uploaded now. Yeah. Is this when your laptop just suddenly runs out of power, though, or something? Oh, no, no, no. It's plugged in. Everything's plugged in. My internet didn't even cut out this week. Which is brilliant. Um, thanks, chaps. Um, really good to see you again. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming down and sharing a beer with you uh, at some point uh, when we're allowed to. Uh, thank everyone for watching. Thank everyone for listening. Uh, go to the rugby store. Use promo code FYB pod, go and get 10% off your, your new kit ready for the new season. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's it. Lovely. Cheers, everybody. We'll see you again soon. Cheers, Sean. Cheers, thanks. thanks. Thanks once again to King's College Hospital, RFC, for joining me. Huge thanks to Rugby Store for supporting our show. Don't forget to visit rugbystore.co.uk and use the promo code FYBPOD at the checkout for 10% off your order. And for all the information on Philly Boots, please check out fybrugby.com. Thank you all for listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. See you next week.